This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode two of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Biostar US. Sally Schulte shares the world of essential oils. Hedwig answers a listener's question. The breed of the show is the Australian cattle dog. The benefits of camelina oil and dog breeds and presidential candidates. Listen in. This is Tigger Montague. And this is Patty Perici. And you're listening to Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Hey, Patty. Hey, Tiggs. You know, we have Glenn, our producer, on today. Hi, guys. Hey, Glenn. (laughs) I I wanted to take this opportunity on behalf of the Horse Radio Network to welcome you guys to the family. Thank you very much. Your first episode was a whole lot of fun. I enjoyed it greatly. I wasn't too sure about the whole talking Pomeranian thing, Hedwig, (laughs) but it was hilarious. I enjoyed it greatly. So we're glad to have you guys, and I'm really glad that we're talking about other animals other than horses. You know, we're adding to the collection because all of us horse owners have other animals. We all do. (laughs) Exactly. We can't wait to talk about chickens. You know, we got to do that because they're so popular right now. I Listen, I think that everyone should have at least a couple. They're the funniest animals on two legs. I think that's something I could certainly add to my clutch of animals. <laughs> in your, in your, your in suburbia. rented house in suburbia. Yeah, yeah I think that'd that's be a good. great idea. <laughs> you guys did a great job, and I have other good news, too, for you, is that iTunes has now approved the show, so people will be able wow. to find uh, wow. you. They'll be able to search for Healthy Critter Radio on iTunes and listen on their phones. Now, the i if you have an iPhone, it has a podcast app. And in another, where right now, when you're as you're listening to this, you will be able to search for Healthy Critters Radio, and it should pop up. We'll also have links to the iTunes player and everything on uh, on on your website, Healthy Critters Radio. Or, uh, so you'll find the link to it there as well. So you guys are official now! Yay! Thank you. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's so. That's very exciting. And of course, we want to remind everybody that you're coming out twice a month, right? Right. Yes. What are the dates again, Tigger? 10th and the 25th. The 10th Thank and God the 25th. you knew, Tig. I wrote, I wrote it down. <laughs> and if they and I put it in the- pen. On your hand. <laughs> no, I put <laughs> it in pen. pen. on the hand trick. <laughs> and I'm producing. I should actually know those dates. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so now, one other thing that's going to happen, this will come out before it happens, and I just wanted to give a plug for it. We, uh, The Horse Radio Network is doing a 12-hour live holiday radiothon brought to you by Weatherbeta on... November 30th, Cyber Monday, the Monday after Thanksgiving. We are going to be live on the air for 12 hours. Uh, We're going to have about 20 hosts from the Horse Radio Network contributing all day long. Of course, it's not Patty and I. Well, I think you're going to provide a... uh, You'll be contributing, but in your own special way. (laughs) That's true. Yes, so we got... I feel a song coming on. That's a surprise, but we'll be be, uh, happy to hear that. And then we're going to have special guests on all day long. Big names. Charlie Daniels is leading the way. Uh, He'll be our first guest. And the day is all about the holidays. It's We want to hear your favorite holiday horsey memories. And so it's (laughs) just going to be a Christmas party all day long. And it should be a lot of fun. Excellent. Now, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention for your listeners is that we're giving away over over $3,000 in prizes that day. 
Wow. So the way people can qualify for the prizes is by sending us a voicemail ahead of time, just a happy holidays voicemail, uh, where they can record it on their phone or call our voicemail line, or they can sing a song, or they can write a poem if they want to get really clever. We'll play them all day long, or they can call us live that day between 9 and uh, 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern. Call us live anytime during the day and tell us about their favorite holiday memory, and that will qualify them for the prizes. That's very so, cool. And you can find more neat. information. Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the Radiothon banner in the middle of the page. Are you going to have uh, coffee on tap? <laughs> no, you know what? I have issued a presidential executive order. I think Obama loves to do those, so I'm going to do one. And from my desk here at the studio of the Horse Radio Network in Ocala, Florida, I have issued an executive order allowing eggnog beginning at 9 a.m. Whoa! So, Peter will love that. We Peter are encouraging that. drinking. Yes. Oh. Uh, yes. Oh, Unless, of so course, in. you have to drive or work. But then, you know, you can drink after. We'll be here till 9 p.m. You have plenty of time. So, it should be fun. Thank you guys for letting me put a plug in for that. Thank oh, you. Glenn, so great to have you. We're going to have a conversation later on in the show I'm looking forward to, too. Yes. So we'll, we'll, yes, we are. <laughs> but we got to get to our first guest. You got a lot going on today. Our next segment is Ask Hedwig Tips for Humans Who Want to Adopt a Rescue Dog. <laughs> And now we are at the Ask Hedwig section of our show, and we have a, a, a question, Hedwig, from um, a listener, and I'm going to read it to you very carefully. Are you ready? I suppose so, yes. Okay. Hedwig, we have an adopted rescue dog who is an angel in the house, very sweet and loving. However, when she is outside, she goes crazy when she sees another dog, barking furiously and lunging around long after the other dog has disappeared. This happens even if the other dog is totally calm and ignores our Molly completely. She loves to be outside, but walks her off in a misery because of this problem. What can we do? Well, first of all, let me thank this listener for taking the time to rescue a dog who needed a home. That was very kind of this person. Yes. The second thing I would say is that if this is a small dog, as I am a small dog, the very best thing you can do is if we are frightened, and I think that is why this dog is being so authoritative, it might be a good idea to pick up the dog so that she feels safer and less compelled to assert herself. Now, if it is a big dog and it is not possible to elevate her to a proper height, you're going to have to do a training technique, which my human has attempted with me. It is the word, watch me. If you take a piece of delectable food, such as cheese or... (laughs) Hot dogs or bacon. I hear her tail wagging. (laughs) I do hold the item where I can see it and you say, watch me. I will watch the food and not the thing at which I might be barking like a psychotic animal. And then I get the food and it is a reward system for being distracted. 
So that, that is, is what really I would recommend because it is a good training technique for the human to always have cheese. So if you could give some advice to to people who are adopting um, rescue dogs, what what would it be? What would you tell the humans? Well, first of all, humans, you have to be really patient with us. We're not bad ever, deliberately bad, no. We are scared, and we don't always know what you want. So you have to be so patient with us and explain things. And try, even when you're annoyed, not to be loud, because we're scared of loud things. Remember, you adopted us because you know you love dogs. But we have not been treated very well by people, so we don't know that we can trust you yet. So try to be quiet and soft in your hands and move a little bit more slowly, and we will adjust, and we'll try to be good dogs all the time. But you have to be a little bit quiet and kind to us because we're kind of freaked out. It's a big world that we're small dogs. Quiet. Our next guest is Sally Schulteis, who is an expert on the use of essential oils with animals. Hi, Patty. How long have you been interested in essential oils? Uh, well, it's been about uh, going on 11 years now. Okay. And what got you interested in it? Well, I was, um, I've always been used, used herbs quite extensively and organic foods for both myself and my animals. I've been doing that for about 35 years. Uh, but the, I just wasn't getting the results that I wanted to. And people would often ask me about herbs and ask me how well they worked and what kind of results I were getting. And I had to be honest and say, well, you know, I was a big, they kind of work. Yeah, pretty good. And then I stop right. and think and go, well, what kind of changes have I really noticed? Mm-hmm. And so things were, my animals I didn't feel were the healthiest that they could be. And so I started investigating a little further. And a friend of mine asked if I had ever done any work with essential oils. And I said, no. And so uh, she introduced me to essential oils. Okay, all right. And I found it very, very interesting. And I just kind of didn't really know what I was doing. I just started using them on my family and all my animals and I found to start getting amazing results. Okay. Um, things, things that I was not used to uh, using herbs and organic foods. Right. And so it was, it was just so amazing to me. And through that process, I decided I need to learn a lot more. Well, that was my next question is, is that, um, cause I read, um, obviously recently became interested in doing some oils and you've been helping me with this. Uh, is it difficult to learn? That was my number one thing going into it. No, it's really not. There is so much information out there and uh, some great books that you can read and it's not hard to learn. It's not hard to do. There is a lot of information. Right. Um, and you can get, go really in depth or you can just, you know, use it, for general uses, right. uh, and you can also attend classes. I teach classes every month right. okay. um, on different modalities and um, help people to understand better. But there's so much information out there. Right. Uh, as long as you're you're um, 
looking at the correct information. So, it, but the, one of the big questions I have is just, you know, figuring out, you know, um, how, how you use an oil or how do you know when an oil is good or, you know, how, how do you go about all of that? Well, first of all, you have to, um, you do have to know a little bit about essential oils. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, we have essential oils at Bed Bath & Beyond and you see them in Whole Foods. Right. Okay. And you see them online. And what I always tell people is um, sourcing is the key. Sourcing okay. meaning where do the oils come from Okay. and how are they processed. And we call that the seed to seal process. Okay. And so you have to start with the correct um, plant, the correct seed. Um, okay. I always say uh, there are many different varieties of the frankincense tree, mm-hmm. but they're all very different. Right. Just like the children in a family are different, each individual right. and different. Uh, the frankincense trees are very different. And so you have to know what kind of constituents are in the frankincense oil, that particular tree. Right. And then that okay. helps you to know how it's going to work for you. And okay. then besides that, you know, I always insist on it has to be grown organically. Okay. So you no fertilize, no chemical fertilizers, no herbicides, no pesticides, and the soil has to be free of all of that. Okay. So and then you have go ahead. No, I was so I was gonna finish your question because I've I have one that I'm gonna jump ahead on one, but go ahead, finish that. Okay, so it, it, it's very very important to uh, know how the plant is grown, and okay. then it has to be distilled properly. Okay, and uh, that is a very in depth process um, that of course we leave to the experts. But um, right. most uh, when we look at lavender, most lavender is distilled at 400 degrees for 10 minutes. Right. And they do that because the first constituents or parts of that oil that come out are either uh, fragrance mm-hmm. or flavor. Oh, okay. And that's all they really care about. Right. They just care about those two. I mean, they just want you to smell good or taste good. Right. But we're looking for many more constituents than that. Essential okay. oils have, you know, over 200 different constituents in each, each essential oil. And so the distillation process is of vital importance. So it's so very, we, it's, so it's so hugely important that you just, because I've had people say, oh, I've tried that before and some of them just smell good and whatever, but it is so important that people understand where they're getting it for, where they're getting it from and that there really is a difference, a difference between lavender and lavender. I mean, you, exactly. you know, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so having said that, um, what are some of the basic uses? Like what, what are some of the basic uses of the oils? Well, I like to say the essential oils keep us um, help to keep us healthy. They help to keep us hormon- hormonally balanced. They right. can help to enhance your sleep. They can help to enhance your digestion. So they enhance every aspect of your body. Everything that your body does can be helped right. with an essential oil. Okay. And the, the most important thing that I learned when I started doing this, and I actually became an instructor and was teaching uh, chemistry of essential oils, is that the dried herb, when you dry an herb, most of the essential oil evaporates. Oh, wow. And so okay. you just have the plant material, which is the proteins and polypeptides. It's very right. important for the body. But it's 10% of the healing process. Okay. The 90% 
of the uh, healing properties or the properties that help to keep everything balanced and help the body to maintain good health are right. actually in the essential oils. Okay. 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 And so yeah. that's what I was missing. That's what I was missing this, all these years when I was using er- dried herbs. You know, oh, okay. I, I don't go through a day without my frankincense and myrrh. Oh, absolutely. It's true. It's true. It's so funny. I think I said this to you, Sally, that there was a there was just a smell that I recognized when I would see you. <laughs> it's not that it was a bad smell. I'm just saying. And I finally, when I started talking to Tigger, I'm like, oh my gosh, Tigger, this is what you smell like. You smell like my friend Sally. <laughs> so yes, you can always tell uh, an essential oil user, uh, especially yes. a therapeutic grade, we call the highest quality therapeutic grade. Because they do smell wonderful, and you yeah. you smell that all the time, and it's and that's how you should use your oils all right. the time. Right, right, right. So, if someone wanted to get interested, I mean, it, I know that there's so many levels to this, and obviously, a, a quick interview doesn't get in answer the questions. I I will say from I know that just the lavender benefits that I've gotten from being able to sleep and just. It's been it's been awesome for me, uh, and that's why I was so interested in, in finding out more about it for myself. But if someone wanted to get into this, if they were interested, how do they get started? Well, I would suggest um, you know either calling someone like you or me who already does the essential oils, or mm-hmm. finding someone in their area that is using the essential oils and and start asking them questions. Right. Um, I I choose to use Young Living essential oils. They right. are the highest quality. Um, without exception, and I, the Young Living website has tons of information on it okay. um, that you can you can look around and start reading about it. Um, I do caution people when they go on the internet and start researching essential oils because there is what we call good research and bad research. <laughs> and the good research is the research done on the therapeutic grade or the highest quality essential oils. Okay. The bad research is done on laboratory-made essential oils or essential oils that are distilled improperly. And okay. obviously, you can see you're not going to get the same results. So what you're saying is you can't believe everything you read on the Internet? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my exactly. gosh. Do they have... <laughs> okay, i gotta, I got to figure this one out. <laughs> There's a whole lot of things I've been telling my kids that I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, so it's so young living is, um, is a really good, a really good avenue to figure some stuff out, even if you just want to go on their website to figure out more. Absolutely. And then, you know, I, I help people over the phone or I help people locally. I do travel quite a bit, um, to help people out with essential oils, but. And I know you uh, teach a ton of really cool classes too. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I love teaching classes. It's uh, I actually, you know, went from painfully shy, never wanting to talk in front of anybody, <laughs> to getting into this so much that right. um, I forced myself to start teaching classes, and now I absolutely love doing it. Right. And so one one other thing that I was going to mention that I didn't realize before is I, I knew that, you know, because I, I always smelled Tigger, and I knew she had it on somewhere. <laughs> She'd probably put it on her head and behind her ears, whatever. But uh, you can actually ingest some of these. You, if you can, you can eat this. This is it's it's um, good enough to good enough to eat. Um, well, yes, absolutely. Just like um, you know, orange essential oil. Mm-hmm. We can eat the orange, and the, the essential oil is in the orange. So, right. um, yes, you can eat eat many of the essential oils, and as long as again they're. Uh, of the highest quality. Right. 
So when I'm saying when I'm saying this type of stuff, I'm just knowingly talking about um, young living because we know that that is obviously a very high grade uh, oil yes. company. Yes. Um, it is okay. the highest grade you can get. And the difference between Young Living and every other company is Young Living is the only one that grows most of their essential oils. We've got right. so many farms around the world where uh, our essential oils are grown. And when we don't actually grow them on farms that Young Living owns, then we have what we call partner farms that are do it exactly the way Young Living wants, and they have Young Living people there okay. um, uh, monitoring how everything is grown. So it's, okay. it's a very, very well-run company, and they're they're obsessive about the quality of their essential oils. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so like somebody else I know who's obsessive about food. Now, give me a minute. Um, no, take her shut up. Give me a minute. Um, God. Wait. It's that company. That yeah. Does okay. You know, my well, first introduction to um, essential oils was Bach flower, the uh-huh. um, the rescue remedy. I mean, this was a long yeah. time ago. We're talking 30 years ago. And um, th- that was a, a really good introduction to how essential oils properly blended the kind of results that you can get to reduce stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. particularly with, with rescue remedy, which right. I use on dogs a lot um, when they're really sick and feeling terrible. So mm-hmm. um, that for me was the gateway. Yeah. Was starting yeah. with Bach. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, and it's, you know, it's really not hard. You just have to get started. I think that was the big thing for me was I just was like, okay, so what do I do? And so I just, um, I pretty much line up all my bottles. I start sniffing <laughs> and I, I, on a daily basis, Sally, I lick them and I slather them all over. <laughs> and, and I'm like, hey, and no, exactly. And know you know, I when, so I, when I teach my classes, I just, you know, it, sometimes it can be overwhelming with the amount of information, but I tell people, look, when in doubt, just put it on you somewhere, anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and I've done that. <laughs> now, do you recommend diffusers? I do like diffusers, but they have to be cold air diffusers. And yeah. um, when I talk about diffusers, um, there's what I call two different kinds of diffusion. The first is where you have a diffuser where you put water in it, a high-quality water, distilled or, or spring water, and then you put your oils in there. And that is very good for for helping the air, cleansing the air, and just kind of general aromatherapy. And then there is um, straight oil diffuser where the oil bottle actually screws on and there's no water mixture and it's just straight oil coming out of there. And I always recommend people do that when um, they are not feeling the best cold flus or or having a really hard time sleeping that where they need just more oil. You're right. getting more oil in, uh, out of that diffuser faster. So just either one of those is great. And um, just make sure it's not one of those that heats up the oil because if it gets too hot, then we start destroying constituents in the oil. Mm, cool. Well, I think this whole thing is just so amazing. And I, as I've been playing around with it, I have myself um, um, been using it on some of my dogs and and obviously Tigger, you know Gavin. Actually, Sally's met Gavin as well. He comes out to the barn and um, barks a lot. But I, <laughs> oh wait, that's a shock. Um, but he, uh, uh, I've been using lavender 
um, with him just to see if it chills him out a little bit. And, uh, and I, I noticed a difference. He's not nearly as yap. I mean, do we, I basically fed him a bottle before we started because you don't hear him barking. Do you take? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He's calm. So, but I think the thing that's very interesting and to point out is that everything we're talking about, obviously we're talking about the quality of everything, which is great and how, and where to get the right types of oils. But there's so many different uses you can use them, and there's no there you there's so you can't do anything wrong with it. There, you can put it in food, you can put it on your feet, you can put it on your head, you can do whatever, and you can do the same with your animals. Exactly, and you know, animals are my favorite clients because they just if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. I can always say, you know, just take an oil and put it underneath their nose. And if mm-hmm. they need it, they're going to start licking and chewing and, and, and enjoying the scent. Right. If they don't like it, they'll just turn their head. Um, they're not, you know, it's, uh, when I hand an oil to a person, they always want to grab it and read the label. Right. So if I, I hand an uh, uh, oil bottle that says humility on it, and they go, <laughs> oh, no, I don't need that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because they don't want to, they see the label and they immediately make a decision whether they want it or not. Dogs don't care. That's really smart. That's, that's a they good. either like it or they don't like it. Well, and, I keep they, I keep doing that with Peter as I make him sit down and <laughs> I make him sniff stuff and see what he likes. And it's just it. I mean, if you tell them not, you know, if you ask them what they like, so it's so interesting how people are so drawn to so many different types. Yes, and we do have a in Yellow we have a wide variety of oils. So, Sally, what websites can you go to find out more? Well, you can, uh, as we talked about, go to youngliving.com uh, or you can go to my website, Wise Souls Essential Oils, W-S-E, oils.com. All right. Or you can go to All Zena's Horses, which is the uh, nonprofit here on my daughter's website. Correct. Okay, wonderful. Well, Sally, thank you so much. There's so much to learn about this, and we appreciate your time. And now it's time for the breed of the show. And the breed of the show segment is the Australian cattle dog, which happens to be a dog that both Patty and I have owned and loved deeply. These dogs are also known as blue healers. Um, I, I, I feel like I need to dedicate this to my, um, my Rocky raccoon, who was a blue healer who passed passed over when he was 16 but he was known th- throughout the, yes, the horse show world <laughs> because he loved to catch things so much that if he didn't have something to catch he would pick up a piece of grass or a piece of straw <laughs> at the barn at a yeah. show and he'd bring it over to anybody who looked friendly and drop it in their lap and wiggle his tail and say okay now throw it for me oh. Yeah, he really knew how to train people. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yes. He was good. He was They're good. an interesting breed because they're they're true herding dogs. Um and they've got, you know, some dingo in them, some dalmatian. This is from the very very early 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 breeding. Right. The foundation of the of the breed. Um they are so wicked smart. I don't know about your your dogs Patty, but Rocky outthought me at every turn. No, it was scary when you would, you know, wake up in the morning and realize the dog could run the house and get the kids to school better than you could, and often did. <laughs> Apparently, that's not acceptable, so you can't let your dog drive your kids to school. But no, they really are. They and and like you were saying about herding, um, 
they if they don't have something to do, if they don't have a job, if they're not doing something, you will find them hurting cats or hurting <laughs> a horse or hurting your children. You know, uh, do you remember Ray with Luca at the barn at uh, Farfield? And yes, uh, he was the best friend that he ever had. My favorite, of course, was when Ray would purposely fall down and Luca would grab his shoes and pull him down the aisleway. I don't know what kind of behavior that was, but in my book, <laughs> I was sick of buying shoes. So he would try to pick him up like <laughs> like, like Rocky would. <laughs> yes. They have incredible devotion to um, their humans mm-hmm. at a level that um, I, I really have never seen before. Yeah. And, and they do need a job. And, and I think that's what makes them such a tricky dog to own. They are tricky. If, if you can't give them something to do that they can do every day, they start figuring out things <laughs> to keep themselves occupied, like dragging yes. little children down yes. the bar yes. It's one thing it's your kid. It's another thing if it's one of your clients. So, yeah, right. no, I, I hear that. <laughs> but they you are know, tricky. That's interesting because they are kind of tricky because you can't you really and what you think motivates them or keeps them active it's not necessarily even burning off calories and energy i mm-hmm. found it was having some sort of intelligent um, meaning to their life yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um one of the things that rocky really loved was frisbee mhm he was a great frisbee dog right. and one summer this is at at Linden Lane in Charlottesville, and the grooms decided it was a really hot day. And of course, Rocky wanted to play with the ball or the the frisbee. And they, you know, guys don't necessarily pick up on signals like when right. the dog's about about to have heat exhaustion. Yeah, <laughs> there's an oil for that. They just, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> redirect come on back Tig. <laughs> and they just kept throwing it and this it oh. was 90 degrees oh, this dog's tongue was on the ground yeah and i said get him into water so we got him <laughs> into the wash stall and hosed him off that dog was ready to go again go again of course he was yeah and, yeah. and that's it's truly one of the amazing their, their endurance and stamina is unbelievable and they're so hardy oh Tough, mm-hmm. tough and smart. Tough and smart. But they do have, um, which is common in a lot of breeds. They do have hip dysplasia, yes, issues, arthritis issues. Um, so it's really, really important that they be kept fit. And right. what I have seen with other cattle dogs is that as they get older, of course, they get creaky, like you know we do, and <laughs> like the dogs do. But it's really important to keep them moving, even if they can't, you know, fetch the ball or catch the frisbee. Really keep them exercised because right. that is so so important yeah. for their for their hip joints. Yeah. What did you What did you feed uh, Rocky? Um, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say because that was before I really knew what I was doing. I can tell you, I did not feed him um, grocery store food. Okay. Um, I did feed him what I thought was a premium brand. Right. But, you know, I have since learned. Learned more. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. I, I never fed him. I don't feed him like I feed my dogs. Right. And 
um, except, you know, his last couple of years when I kind of the light bulb moment went off. I went, oh, yeah, I've got to feed this dog differently. Right. Um, you know, he went blind. And, yeah. um, and, and that was tricky because he, you know, his world condensed down so yeah. much to a, a very, you know, a, the kitchen, essentially. Yeah. Um, but he always had a great appetite. <laughs> um, but I never fed him until, you know, maybe the last couple of years. He never got what I call real food. Because you were making it for him at that point, weren't you? Yeah. I was, okay. and, and still am. But right. um, I think... You know, I, I don't think I could have gotten, you know, a couple more years of, of food, uh, of feeding him a really good diet. I don't know that that would have extended would have his things. life yeah. uh, because his hips went and, right. you know, he could when he couldn't walk anymore, that was kind of, it was yeah. time to say goodbye. Yeah. But they, these are great dogs and great dogs. Um, if you, if you have the the uh, lifestyle to um, mm-hmm. give them a job and keep them exercised yes. and recognize they're very protective. Well, um, and that's, that's, I, I ran into that issue uh, with yes, you did. my one for sure. Uh, the thing that I, I will say my two cents in this is going to be that you, if I, when I have an opportunity to do it again, and of course we all know um, I have a few animals, uh, but I, there, it, it's one that Peter got interested in because they are sort of a tough kind of manly dog, but they can lay on your lap and drive for hours or you can, you know, open the car door and they can jet out and go do work with cows and then come back and lay on your lap. It, I think the mistake that I made for me, because I have children, mm-hmm. it changes the dynamic in the house, even if it's, a, I mean, Ray was what, 10 or eight at the time, but you need, it would have been good if it was the only dog. Because they need that kind of attention, and uh, that's where I found that my that's where they can suffer if you don't give them that type of intellectual attention. And Mm -hmm. that was tough. That was hard for me because I because I had too many other dogs. I could keep my dogs act actively running and doing stuff at the farm, or they'd be hurting the horses, (laughs) (laughs) even if they weren't mine. But yeah. So that would that that would be my two cents on this because I think they're they're one of the most amazing breeds. I love that breed. I loved Rocky. He was a he was a wonderful dog. Wonderful, wonderful dog. dog. And you know, one time, Cumber Farm, the guys were moving cattle and and they couldn't get them moved, and so they said, "Well, let's try Rocky." And I said, "Rocky doesn't know anything about moving cattle. Are you yeah. kidding me? That yeah. dog jumped right down, nipped yep. the heels of that bull, and that that cattle cow went." went through the through the gate into the next pasture and I was absolutely astounded it is so cool to see their instincts I don't know if you remember years ago we had some turkey that kept coming on to the property at Farfield and they would come in down where um, Carmen and Andy would live and they would just kind of ooch over into this field and one day Luca was out there and he didn't touch one but he herded them all back into actually I'm sorry I was saying they're turkey they were guinea hens and and position them all back into and they'd never done that before it was amazing the instincts when they kicked in and i think that's what i find so fascinating because they're so cool that way they're wonderful wonderful dogs so they are indeed a highly recommended breed if you can deal with a highly intelligent dog yeah (laughs) if you don't mind looking bad it's your type of dog (laughs) so tiggs did you ever use biostar flexwell for canines for him with his hips unfortunately um I, 
I didn't, it was in development when he passed. Right. It would have been the perfect formula for Rocky Raccoon because it supports the body's ability to make glucosamine sulfate and to strengthen connective tissue and to support bone because a joint just isn't cartilage. Right. Right. So, and it also reduces inflammation. So, um, it, yeah, unfortunately, Rocky missed out on that, but right. he was an inspiration for how do we help an older uh, older dog's older dog, joints. Yeah. In our Critter Nutrition segment, we're going to talk about camelina oil, which is possibly one of the best oils for horses, dogs, and humans. Camelina is also known as false flax. It was grown for thousands of years in Northern Europe, and then after the Second World War, Um, Farmers were encouraged to plant corn and other grains other than than camelina. So it kind of fell out of favor. It wasn't grown very much. And about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, it was reintroduced as a possibility to be a biofuel. And NASA was looking at it in particular as, as as a fuel. And what they discovered was that it has an incredible amount of omega-3, 6, and 9 in an almost perfect ratio. More omega-3 than 6 and 9. The other important nutritional aspect of camelina oil is that it's one of the richest sources of vitamin E. And not just the D-alpha tocopherol. It includes the beta tocopherol and the gamma tocopherol. So you're not just getting one part of vitamin E, you're getting the family. This oil, because it's, it's not common, it's not solvent extracted like a soy oil or a vegetable oil. It's cold pressed like a, an olive oil. It's a very viscous oil. It has a great taste. So you can use it because it's it's very unsensitive to high heat. So unlike a hemp oil that's very fragile under heat, camelina oil can go up to 200 degrees. So you can actually cook with it. But the best part of camelina, in my opinion, is its nutritional benefits for horses, dogs, and humans. Um, horses with PSSM, um, certain metabolic imbalances benefit tremendously from higher amounts of vitamin E, and camelina oil is a great way to get it. Plus, you get the benefit of this perfect ratio of omega-3, 6, and 9. Um, uh, I can't say enough about this oil. It has great taste. We've had not one issue of palatability with any horse or any dog on camelina oil. So if you want to support your horse with extra vitamin E, you're looking for a fat source for energy, and you want to make sure that you've got enough omega-3s in your horse's diet, I highly recommend camelina oil. So we've arrived at our coffee clutch segment. This is where we sort of let our hair down and uh, our, what we're talking about today. Nobody told me we were supposed to put it up. I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, my hair is so short. Okay. <laughs> You'll never fit in the bun, will you, Patty? No, no. <laughs> well, Glenn's taking his hat off and we're letting our hair down. Okay. Right. Um, we're talking about 
presidential candidates and the dog breeds that we think either they should own or that kind of represents their personality. Yes. And both Patty and I have made a list and Glenn is participating as well. So um, let's start with the uh, Republican candidates. Oh, this is the current ones. This is like past presidents. This is uh, no, this is right now. Oh, okay. Oh, this is good. I don't and- know what any of them have. So perfect. Well, and and the we great thing either. about this, yeah, we don't, we don't know. And the really great thing about this is that I actually now who know who the candidates are. <laughs> oh, you're making this up. I get it now. Yes, okay. yes. So I'm all learning right. all sorts of things. Okay, <laughs> I can't wait to see what Trump is. We're going to start with him. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, Tigger. Would you like so, to go first? I've chosen the standard poodle for Trump because <laughs> of the yes. hair. <laughs> because of the hair, and also because the dog is, you know, very proud Got and an very attitude. smart. Yes, and I have heard that Trump is like a little OCD. You know, he likes things. Oh yeah, like- he doesn't touch things. Yeah, he doesn't like everything has to be ultra clean. So I figured a non-shedding dog would probably be suitable. That's well, great well, when you have somebody along that can actually press the elevator button for you. But, <laughs> yes. you know, those of us that are in the elevator by ourselves, it's tough to do it with your foot. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. That was a perfect choice, actually. Well, there's still another one, Glenn. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Because I personally think mine's perfect. All right. I, I picked the Yorkshire Terrier. <laughs> okay, why'd you pick that? It's a small, little, tenacious dog that... If you think about it, up. do a constant sweep over. Yeah, it right? doesn't shut up. Yeah, it doesn't right. shut up. There you true. go. Right? <laughs> it is. And always true. at you. <laughs> that's true. And has bad hair. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so he now needs two dogs. Yeah, he <laughs> yes. needs two. Yep. <laughs> okay, Tim, um, what do you do next? Next is Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh-huh. chose the Basset Hound. <laughs> Because it's sort of laid back and easygoing, and I imagine that Basset Hounds kind of talk slowly. So, and I think Ben Carson kind of looks a little bit like a Basset. Okay, hound. now I have to look up Ben Carson just to see if he's big ears. Well, now you is, got me. This is what I that this is completely and utterly what I had been doing is looking up these people and how oh, his ears are normal. By the way, I'm just looking. <laughs> I just had to check. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I just simply chose the pug. <laughs> and I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> I just chose the pug. All right. Hey. Um, what did you choose for Ted Cruz? Ted Cruz, you know, he's from Texas. I chose the Australian cattle dog. <laughs> Why? So just done, yeah, be, well, I mean, tenacious, uh, full of energy. Um, tenacious, <laughs> full, full of energy. energy. Yeah. I chose the blue tick coonhound. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I have to look that one up. They're smart, they're devoted, they're fearless, and they're tenacious. Okay. Well, that fits. That was... And I think probably the way Mr. Cruz feels about, um, you know, illegal immigrants kind of fits yeah. the blue tick coonhound. There. <laughs> right, that's what I kind of was thinking about the uh, the healer. <clears throat> there you go. Okay. Oh, and, and you know th- what? I just looked up the blue tycoon hound. He kind of has a sad, droopy face, and that kind of fits 
dead too. Because when he's not smiling, his face is kind of droopy. I just, looked, I just looked at the picture and I thought the same thing. Yeah, that's true. I'm not afraid to say it. I own the You're network. I can say whatever I want. You can. <laughs> you can. Go ahead. So who did you have for Marco Rubio? I, okay, I have to look. Okay, Marco Rubio. I have the Chihuahua. <laughs> It's small and it's tenacious. No, <laughs> it's uh, it is a uh, it's a lap dog. Um, that's not why I chose it. And I, and I I I do have to have a little bit of a precursor in understanding this. I knew nothing about any of the candidates. <laughs> I did this purely Typical by what they look like. Pays no attention at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I I did and I did learn some things, but I I I know that he's from Mexico, so. No, he's not. He's an American. He's American. Wait, why did he I can't run for president if he, he's from Mexico? No, isn't he? Um, oh, I think I got this one wrong. I, I think I have to go back. I've got to. I have to do a do-over. He's my senator, by the way, in here in Florida. Why did I think that he was? Um, he's yeah, he's Hispanic. all in favor. If I remember uh, right, he is in favor of immigration and stuff. So yeah, he's yeah. Cuban. I think. Isn't yeah, he? I think he's Cuban. Okay, I, see, I knew it was maybe one special. generation or something. I, I don't remember, but I mean, he's American from a Cuban yeah. ancestry. Right. I still chose the Chihuahua. Okay. <laughs> she's sticking <laughs> because with I have it. nothing else. <laughs> yeah, she's sticking with it. All right, Patty, what what do you have? Okay, so I, mean, uh, um, I have the Dandy Dinmont Terrier. Oh, wow, that's good. What's that? Because they're proud, smart, bold. I gotta look yeah. that one up too. The oh, you haven't seen a dandy? They're really cute. Yeah, they're super cute. I mean, I think I think Marco Rubio is kind of cute. Yeah, he actually, is. A, he's actually a handsome guy. Is that? Yeah, yeah, he is. I'm looking at him right now. That's what I'm thinking. Which the dandy did, Mont? <laughs> yeah, the dandy is much better than Chihuahua. You won that round for show. Sh- I have no idea. All right, let me look up a dandy did, and see what they look like. Oh, they're so cute. Oh yeah, that kind yeah, of fits. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're handsome in a squirrely little dog kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. I, I'm seeing more dogs in my future. <clears throat> okay, who, who's up next? Chris Christie. Chris Christie. Oh, I chose the bull mastiff. Yeah, that's what I figured. Dog. I would have picked that too. Yeah, <laughs> it's the fattest dog I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, what about I don't know how you say the, the last name but Carly Fiorino Fiorino yes. yeah I this picked the Dachshund <laughs> <laughs> I picked the Saluki oh the Saluki well, fits yes. for her I know a little bit about her the yeah. contrast I think uh-huh. you win that one Patty yeah, I think I Saluki you, fits there yeah can I, I stop on that one <laughs> <laughs> no we We're haven't gotten to, to Hillary yet we going to so. Jeb <laughs> oh Jeb okay My, I, I picked the Basset Hound <laughs> What'd you pick? The old English sheepdog. I, I'm okay. I am with Tigger on that one. Yeah, old okay. English sheepdog. I kind of think because he's kind of uh, almost a little bit whiny. <laughs> so you know, an old English sheepdog is kind of that way. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a good choice. You guys are nailing this. <laughs> we need to make this an official list and post it on Facebook. We just start a meme. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, now, now to the Democrats. Yes. Um, who do you have for Martin O'Malley? <laughs> now, we all know who he is. I, I now know. My husband told me he is, and this is the guy that likes to be <clears throat> seen with his shirt off. So I chose a boxer, a very proud, muscular boxer. <laughs> <laughs> he is kind of the uh, Vladimir Putin of our yeah, world. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
I chose the Vizsla. Yeah, is that? that? The Vizsla, it's a hunting dog. Um, it's a Hungarian small, hunting dog. Yeah, it's really very a cool fit, dog. very sleek. Yeah, she she wins that round for okay. sure. All right. <clears throat> Tig, who do you have for Bernie San- Sanders? <laughs> oh God, what do you I got the there? Bearded collie, because <laughs> it's bouncy, charismatic, friendly, and independent. <laughs> uh, I did a rescued mutt. <laughs> <laughs> you win that one, <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, about that. you win that one. You just there's no explanation needed. You just win that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we have last Hillary. but not least Hillary. <laughs> Oh, God. What do you guys got? <laughs> Go ahead, Well, Jake. I have the Japanese chin. <laughs> it's charming with those they favor and reserved with strangers. <laughs> and I have the Shiba Inu. <laughs> <laughs> because I personally had one. And it, it was um, consistent, constant, sneaky, and bossy. <laughs> And it was truly smart. There you go. I think Bill would agree with all of that. I think Bill would agree with all of that right there. (laughs) (laughs) I like the last two, sneaky and bossy. (laughs) We really need to write this list down. I have it. Okay, good. Well, we need to post it. We'll we'll get it posted up on uh, your Facebook page, too. Perfect. (laughs) Did we send this to you? Yeah, you just go ahead and send it to me. That's funny. You guys did a good job. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) The Biostar links are www.biostarus.com and on Facebook, Biostar US. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to www.healthycrittersradio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. See you in two weeks, and remember, hug your dog, love your horse. <laughs>